0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Thirty Podcast. What's up, family? We're here again, back here again for another episode. We're excited. We're excited for a good one. um We got a good guest lined up for us today. But before we get started, um, we'll go ahead and um, remind you guys we're on all platforms. We're on Spotify, YouTube, and we're on Apple Podcasts. So please, if you haven't already, go ahead, subscribe, comment, link down below, and also tune into our content. And if you haven't seen our pages already, um, we're on Instagram, Twitter, on. Um, yeah youtube and all those other platforms so go ahead please subscribe comment down below and go watch some of our content hopefully that content can help you inspire yourself add value and hopefully be able to help you reach reach the goals and the potential that you want to reach um without further ado we'll go ahead and get started and give our red warm carpet welcome to our special guest today danny how's it going brother
1: yeah good brother thanks for having me
0: all good bro all good i just we'll get right into it bro like give us introduction I guess your name, where you're from, your favourite food and what you've been up to lately.
1: Uh, So my name is uh, Danny Tustala, born and raised out in West Auckland in Kelston and uh, went to Kelston Boys, went to Kelston all my life and then uh, did one year in Wesley College, so one year of boarding school and uh, yeah, uh, favourite food and I'd have to say corned beef and rice or pizza, there's a few ways so uh, if I'm really desperate it'll be noodles (laughs) <laughs> but definitely uh, pizza and uh, corned beef and rice Nice But uh, you know, I've just got back from the States The last couple of months And I've been over in Washington DC The last couple of seasons um, Going back and forth from America to New Zealand And uh, yeah so I've had a bit of time off To reset and recover Get the body right, get the mind right And uh, now I'm just at the moment working as a teacher aide Helping the troubled kids and uh, Swanton Primary and Intermediate, so nah, it's uh, it's awesome working with kids and uh, mm. you know in that space. So it's sort of something new for me and you know something refreshing.
0: So nah, it's mean, mean bro, mean bro. Guys, Danny's been a bit modest here. He's a is a not only a rugby player, professional rugby player, good rugby player. Um, yeah. also the like what you said, DC, um, played for is the Old Glory, right? Prick? Yeah, Old, old DC. Glory DC. Yeah. Um, also the captain, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, you know, you know, I don't
1: know how that happened, but it happened, and uh, yeah, it was definitely a, an experience and a and a journey itself. Being, uh, you know, being, I guess, someone who was appointed to lead a team, and mm. you know, um, obviously, we didn't have the season that we, we all planned for. Um, yeah, it was tough, but mm. um, you know, I'm forever privileged and honoured to lead a team. Any, I guess, any opportunity to lead a team or. Whatever it may be, be a team leader or whatever. Um, you know, it's always a tough task.
0: Mm. Awesome, because um, I guess, bro. Speaking about, it, we'll touch a little bit about. Um, I guess your, you know, professional, semi professional career so far. I guess, talk about rugby, bro. Like playing overseas professionally, but also because um, you did start an NPC over here, correct? Yeah. Um, and then you moved, shifted over over to overseas. I guess what? Um, just talk to us about that transition and uh, for you, like, and yourself and. What made you or inspired you for that decision?
1: Um, I think for me, it started at club rugby. Eh? Like I like, I always encourage those that are chasing rugby dreams mm. or wanting to be a professional, you know, rugby player in the future. I think it starts at club level. Obviously, if you're not one of the special players to come straight out of school into mm. a professional contract, um, if you're one of the battlers like myself, I consider myself a battler. Like not much talent, but just you know, being able to work hard and and stay consistent and disciplined and, uh, you know, you do get the results that uh, when you put in that work. Um, So for me, it started at club level at Ponsby and, you know, I love my club and, Mm. you know, every chance I get, you know, I I always go back Um, and knowing that I, you know, started there and it's pretty much given me my foundation to excel in the sport. Um, You know, I think without the club, you know, I wouldn't have these, these opportunities that I've been given and been blessed with and uh, you know when I did make MPC you know I debuted like at 28 so you know I debuted for Auckland mm. at 28 and you know I think if you were to ask me back then like in my early 20s or when I just come out of school if I was going to play for Auckland and I probably would have said no. no never like it wasn't a it was always a dream I guess growing up in Auckland mm. you always want to put the blue mm. and white hoops on Standing in the terrace stands, watching those games, God. you know, in the early 2000s. Um, but obviously when I, you know, obviously decisions in school, you know, and the way I went about school and that um, didn't help me. So when I came out of school, there was no dreams or ambitions to play for Auckland. It was just kind of, I'll just go play club rugby with my mates, some mm. of my best mates and mm. enjoy that. And then, um you know, lucky enough, I, you know, it was by chance, you know, I someone someone just gave me a chance like one of the coaches just you know took a chance on me Mm. and let me go trial for auckland you know for two weeks and i think i I wasn't being paid it was kind of like uh if you turn up you know it's on you if you you turn up and if you play well you you get a contract and you know that's what a lot of people don't see you know they just automatically see what they see on tv and things like that but you know, that transition for me to moving into a semi professional environment was tough. Mm. Going from club to that. Yeah. Um, being around super rugby players, being around some of the all black boys, it's, um, it's overwhelming and, you know, it can be scary at the, at times. But I think that's what prepped me really well. And, you know, being at 28, mm. you know, you get called a rookie, but you're like, I'm older than, I was older than majority of them. I yeah, think yeah. I was the second oldest in the team. So, um, you know, that they, they, did they give me a lot of, lot of confidence, um, you know, being part of club and then obviously moving mm. to MPC. Or oh, having then, that
0: maturity as well, as yeah, well,
1: yeah. Yeah, because I think, <coughs> when I think back to it now, I think maybe in my earlier 20s, I was never ready, like, you know, I was never ready for that environment, mm. not ready for all the criticism and and all the judgement, and um, I think at 28, I think, you know, I still wasn't ready, but I was ready enough to hold myself yeah. and stand on my own two feet and, uh, you know, to, Tough environment to be in, and then, uh, yeah, lucky enough that I just, someone just spotted me and gave me a call from Washington, D.C., a coach named Andrew oh. Douglas, yeah, but it was funny, yeah, hey, because I almost gave up. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I almost gave up rugby, because it was tough, bro, like, I was kind of like, oh, no, nah, you know what, I'm playing for nothing, like, I'm not earning as much as I should. Mm. And just I,
0: like the, the Auckland kind of, yeah, you know, of, what, of, I guess, the competitiveness, and also, like, Exactly how the, how things work right in the in the system and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and and I think for me being the at the age I I was, mm. it was always it was always, for me it was always a uphill battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, trying to stay fit, trying to compete against these young kids who are mm. the next up and coming for not only Auckland but for Blues. Hard. So that was sort of my battle, um, my internal battle. Had wow. to, yeah, you know, like it's it's tough, man. You being the oldest, one of the oldest people on the team. Yeah. But it's like one of your first seasons. Like it's like that's not normal. Like, mm. you know, you're twenty eight, you're finally making a debut and then you're debuting with guys who have just come out of school, fresh out of First of Dean rugby. And I've played well, sixty odd games for my club. So
0: Battler, bro, battler. Battler, bro. That's what I'm saying, bro. I, mean, I always say, man, so
1: I have no talent. I didn't you know, I didn't play First of Dean in school. I didn't you know, I wasn't that great rugby. For me was just a more social sport, just mm. to hang with the boys know, follow the cool crowd. Um, yeah, and then I, three years on, I've been lucky enough to continue playing professionally in uh, America, mm. in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's a beautiful city. You know, it's uh, it's pretty buzzy because, you know, it's a place that you only see on movies. <laughs> you know? oh. So when, uh, you know, when I first arrived in Washington, D.C., it was like, it was almost like I was just in a movie because you're just seeing all these places you see on, like, yeah, yeah. the Avenger movies, all these, like, all those superhero <laughs> movies and all the the assassin movies you see, it, man, that's mean. But yeah, the transition just been, it's been it's been good. Like mm. I think at the age I am, it's been good, and uh, especially with the support of my family, my yeah. wife and my, you know, my parents.
0: Hundred, uh, bro. So that's so cool, bro. I think like I think a lot. Of, not a lot of people. I think a lot of people not really understand like how competitive, how hard I guess. Especially, you know, um, the NPC or the type of systems that we have here oh. for rugby, bro. Like, it's totally insane, like, just being able, like, what you talked about, bro, like, because I can 100% relate, and I know, like, friends and family who have been in those situations, like, you know, the next upcoming people, like, they always, because of, like, I guess, I don't know, like, just the, <clears throat> I guess the saturation of so many good players here in Oakland coming out of school, going to systems, you know, going to club, or, contracts or the little amount of contracts clubs have and trying to decide who's who and who's you what part. But, like, honestly, bro, like, like, just reflecting on what you just said, bro, like, what you talked about, being a battler, bro, that's, all, that's, all, that's what it's about. And I think, like, people don't I guess give enough credit to those you know, players who actually you know, put in the hard yards, put in the hard work you know, and make it in their, like, you know, late 20s. Because, you know, I think I think, like, there's a lot, of, I guess, mostly professional players who actually do make it, like they end up making it around that the age, right? Like, when they do, like, become at that at that peak around that yeah. 27, 28, you yeah. know, 29 type of age, too. So, like, bro, and that's so mean just to see not letting, you know, even though the factors were kind of against you, bro, like, just still, you know, being a battle bro. you know, doing the best you can to work hard and still stay in that mindset, you know?
1: Yeah, because I think it's just like, you know, you're, every year that goes by, mm. there's always someone new, someone better, Um, And you know, like when I say I'm a battler, you know, I'm not the fastest, not the strongest. And, you know, I don't have the best pass or whatever. But I just make sure that I can stay consistent in what I do and just making sure that, you know, I just don't want to lose, eh? Because, like, you know, I haven't been, you know, I came out of school, I wasn't lucky enough to make any rep teams. Or even growing up, I didn't make many rep teams. I guess you make Mm. the odd intermediate rep team, you're like 12, 13 then when you hit high school where you hit reality, like, there's, like, (laughs) there's, like, like 100 other guys better than you (laughs) and bigger than you and faster than you, so then you're, like, well, flip, man, I don't know what to do, but, yeah, like, I think that's been, like, just the whole story of my career. I've been just chipping away, you know, I I, Mm. I always think that I've just got to work so hard and be the best version of myself and be the best that I can be so that you force the coaches to pick you. At mm. the day, it's just one man's opinion. You know, like I feel like a lot of players make decisions based on one man's opinion. Whereas, you know, I probably was turned down so many times. You no, know, being cut, being whatever through the whole process and the, the whole journey. But just made sure that I stayed true to knowing the work that I was putting in was going to pay off, mm. and a hundred percent believe it. eh? like. So I, true, like bro. I know all the cliches and like oh, if you put in the work, uh, you'll you'll get there and like all that stuff. Yeah. But I, I I believe it. Eh? Like, like a hundred percent believe that. Like you know when people say if you just work the extra hard, you don't have to work a hundred times harder. Mm. You, just, you do that extra little work like two percent, one percent. You know that's the extra work that come the next day. That one percent goes two percent. Yeah, it, just, it, each just it just keeps, keeps going, going on, increasing. going
0: on. Yeah, hard yeah, hard work beats time hundred percent for. Yeah. That's so true. I'm right? like, yeah. I, I and mean, it's so true because I, th- I feel like sometimes, even like, especially in our community, bro, like, sometimes we can, like, no one wants to be, I guess, that guy, too, you know? That one that wants to put, like, the extra, you know? No. This extra, that. And it's kind bro. of built like a thing where, yeah, you know?
1: That was me. Like, I think, like, that was me growing up, man. Like, I didn't want to be the guy who did extras, but I liked doing extras, but mm. I knew that if I did it, everyone be like, look at those bots. Yeah, yeah. Who do you think you are? And then like, you know, but that's just how, you know, things are. And like growing up here in New Zealand, that's just how we're cultured. That's, mm. you know, we're, you know, as much as we encourage each other to be better, but we're quick to be like, nah. Yeah. Nah, stay humble. You know, And I, I think the staying humble things probably hurt a lot of our, our boys, hurt a lot of our mm. poly boys.
0: Do you, feel like that, do you feel like that, you know, that being humble, like that quote, you know, like just you know not being that guy kind of has affected our community in, to a certain degree?
1: Oh, 100%. Like I think when you see, you see some of the boys, like the poly boys that are doing well and like, <coughs> you know, the social media side of things, oh, that's hard. Like, you know, putting yourself out there, being able to, you know, people can't even talk in front of like a crowd. But yet, you know, when you see a poly or someone who looks like you, Uh, present themselves on socials and you know vlog and do all those sort of things i think our people are always the first to be like that's rude dude yeah look at this guy but i think times are changing like i think a lot of people are starting to become more accepting uh, become more accepting but understand that you know you just that's just life like things all you know that's just how you're gonna live now like um, and it's almost like The world now Is just building your brand Like mm. You are your brand Like However you present yourself Or however you hold yourself Around the public Or even behind closed doors You know Everyone's gonna judge you And You know It's crazy Cause You don't think people are judging you But they're judging you Like mm. They're constantly like Man, look, You gotta watch every move on this guy Just like Instagram bro.
0: Yeah bro. Socials, bro Everything Everything's every, Everything's become like You know like I guess everyone can be can be a, a critique, you know. Nowadays right. on social media, and it's crazy because, like, like even though yeah. around that social media, people could become critiques. Like we sometimes we have the tendency of sometimes believing them to a certain degree. Sometimes, you know,
1: bro, hundred percent. Like I've been a victim to criticism where I've let it get to me like so many times, bro. Like you, like for example, like I've played for like I had a, when I played for Samoa, mm. And then I did the blonde hair. Like, you know, that wasn't normal. Like, <laughs> well, back in 2017, I, I rocked this blonde hair, rocked up to the sevens. And, you know, it was kind of like, it was rude. Like, everyone would be like, bro, that's rude, bro. Throw <laughs> your hair back. But, like, I kind of was like, nah, man. Like, I like this. Like, this is me. Like, I feel like, you know. And I knew that having blonde hair on a sevens field, if I get bumped off, everyone be like, is that blonde <laughs> dude the part, that got man. bumped off? Or, like... You know, you you dropped the ball, everyone, and then obviously with that forward pass, I had it took it, in, bro.
0: And then they say living it's, it's, legend, bro. it's because of the hill. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that, exactly. Like, like, like there was a story. Like, you know, we we're doing so we we're doing so bad. Like, we lost six games in Sydney on the trot. We didn't do suit so, we didn't do so well in Hamilton, and then we went back to Samoa head camp. And Gulep at the time, like the you know the Samoa Prime Minister at the time, was like. You know, he wasn't too happy. Like, obviously, you're not going to be happy with the result if you're losing all the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's tough. Because eh? You don't play to lose. You like never prep to lose. Um. You know, you prep to win these games. But you know, it didn't go our way that day. And then, you know, we kind of we were sitting in the gym. We had a meeting with the prime minister, and he's like, just uh, looking around. <laughs> and obviously, like at that that year, I think it was 2018. It was like my blonde mullet, the blonde Mohawk mullet, and then there was like a one of the boys who had a mullet with 10 rat's tails and, like, other one who had, like, just a uptown fade or a massive bro, yeah. like, you know, a few of the boys had pretty outrageous haircuts and, you know, <laughs> that's what they resorted to, like, blaming our haircuts. So out of all the boys, we were all told to cut our hair before we flew out to Vegas. And, you know, I actually was, like, almost in tears because I was like, Flip. like I don't want to cut my hair. like Yeah. Why do I have to cut <laughs> my hair? Like it doesn't affect my rugby. But so then I, bro, I didn't cut my hair. But everyone else cut their hair. Bro. Yeah, yeah. I went. In, I remember going into the barber that Saturday before we flew out on the Monday to Vegas, and I sat there and I was just like, like, and I messaged my wife and I was like, bro, should I cut my hair? And she goes, No, it's up to you. Like, but don't Hi. cut your hair because someone's telling you to cut your hair because your team's playing mud. But so I walked out. Like I just I was like. I backed myself like I kind of was like Nah, I'm I'm gonna just keep my hair and then I kept it, and obviously I turned up to the airport with my hair still the same. Yeah, they weren't too happy, um, you know, and that sort of resorted into me not being selected to play and in, mm. in Vegas, yeah, 2018. So we got to Vegas. And it was just like a normal prep week, getting ready to play, training. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was obviously in the starting lineup, training, training, right up until Friday night. We do the jersey presentation, and you know, I I had already told my family, I told my brother in law to come to the tournament because he lives in Utah. Mm. And you know, he um, he arrived and I gave him, and he arrived, he was waiting for me. But then I had my jersey presentation, so I went into the jersey presentation and you know, I got a tap on the shoulder. I got a tap on the shoulder, so I went outside, and then that's when he told me I wasn't playing, and he just said, Oh, you're not gonna be selected to play this weekend, and then I was just kind of like, "What the frick?" Like, what do you yeah, mean? Like yeah. My my family's here to watch me. Like,
0: everyone's here. Everyone's, everyone's like, here. Yeah. And then
1: I straight away knew. I knew straight away it was about my it hair. Was hair. It wasn't. It had nothing to do with my rugby. Um, you know, it was kind of like I knew that not cutting my hair would affect, but it didn't. Would affect me, but I didn't realize it was gonna affect me to the point where I wasn't going to be selected and playing. That's so crazy. then I wasn't selected. Yeah, yeah. So then that meant I didn't get tickets. Like, <laughs> I didn't get tickets for the game. So then yeah. I had to f- I had to beg some of the boys if I could borrow some tickets, tickets for my, my yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I went through all of that. And then, um, you know, so that's what kind of pushed me towards um, not playing anymore sevens. Mm. And I just came home and I remember... Um, you know, I, I I came home and I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And then we came home. We were meant to be there for four days. We arrived, I think, I don't know, midweek. And we had to fly back to Samoa on a Sunday. And I remember my wife was like, make sure you get your bags ready. So I remember packing my bags. And then, like, I woke up that Sunday morning and I, I just, like, didn't want to go. Like, there was nothing that anyone could say to me oh. to get me on that flight. Mm. And I remember, yeah, I think that was probably... A turning point in my life in that that chapter, like I just woke up on Sunday and I knew we were flying out and like, yeah, I just, I didn't want to go away. Eh? Like I just, I was just like, nah, I don't want to do it anymore because I knew that like what I went through in Vegas and Vancouver, like I didn't have any more energy for that. Mm. I didn't have any more energy to be like, to just stay happy there. So then mm. I didn't go like, <coughs> And I remember sitting in bed and my wife's like, you need to get up and go to the airport. We've got to take you. And all my family's getting ready because they think, oh, yeah, Danny's leaving today. Because my family had been so used to me coming and going, coming yeah, yeah. and going for four, three years. But that was one of the moments where I was like, no, nah, I'm not going. Like, and, and I think my wife knew when I said, I'm not going. And I I only said it a couple of times to her and then she kind of figured, nah,
0: you yeah, not not yeah.
1: My bag was packed. Like everything, everything was, packed. Was, ready I was ready to go. go. I was ready to go. And then I think I could have been better at like my communication and yeah, yeah, telling yeah. them I'm not coming. Yeah, yeah. But everyone arrived at the airport and I was the only one that didn't arrive. So everyone's trying to call my phone.
0: Yeah. And I wonder where I, you're wonder, at. Wonder, teaching, like, yeah.
1: They said, Oh, hey, we checked in us, where are you at? I didn't write back to anyone and I kind of just left everyone on the scene. Like, then I had like, you know, Sir Gordon Titchens, you know, you know, who the man who gave me a chance to be back in that team and, you know, gave me the opportunity to play, um, which I probably should have owed them a better you know, mm. apology and probably more of a better excuse, but I just didn't answer the calls. And then I went, I went like ghost mode, like no one knew where I was. Mm. So then the boys went to camp and then, you know, for a week, manager and coaches trying to get a hold of me. But, you know, I was in a weird space. Like, I didn't know. I just was tired. I think I just had enough. And then I went three weeks on with just being to myself. And then, you know, that's when I went back to me, And that's why I owe a lot to me because I went back and then I went and played under-85s. Like, I was playing in under-85s yeah, yeah. grade. Like, but... Three weeks previous to that game, I was playing on the circuit. Playing the
0: circuit, you know, in front of thousands, you know. Yeah,
1: like you know, it's 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 crazy how fast things can change, mm. like in an instant. And you know, I think those are one of the moments that I, I made a decision based on my my emotion, like mm. temporary emotion. Because you know, not long after that, I was like, man, I should have just stuck through Stick it. Stuck through it, but I, you know, I didn't. And
0: do you feel like? Do you feel like if you were to go back in time? Do you feel like you would, I guess, not have a better approach, but would you feel like you would do something differently at, at that time? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, when, I, when I think, like, that's probably the first time I've told someone that story because like, it's something that I mm. probably haven't thought about since then. And and I know me and my wife don't talk about it because it's, it's almost like, you know, one of those things you just don't bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Knowing that I probably stuffed up. I probably Mm. personally, I probably didn't handle it the best way I should have handled it, but it was the only way I knew. Like I just had to just cut myself from it, and Mm. and I knew that if I don't do it now, and then I, if I was to go over and continue that cycle of being, you know, angry, being, you know, all of that, then you know, it wouldn't be healthy for me. But yeah, I definitely would have changed a lot of things and handled it a lot Mm. better than what I did, but. As they say you
0: live and learn. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Boy, thanks for sharing that, boy. Because I feel like, um, you know, we we have a lot of those, you know, relatable experiences like that, you know, as we go through life. But I guess, you know, reflecting on that, did you feel like that you, like, were a bit happier after the situation leading up to, you know, joining Ponzi B, going to clubs and then working towards that, that route? Or,
1: oh, I think I I definitely went through. The stages of like some dark places and because it wasn't like you know I went to Ponteby and they had already had their prem team set mm. in 2018 yeah and they were going really well so there was no room for me and then um you know so I played reserves for I think it was about six games I played reserves and then they had a few injuries in the top side and then uh you know they said to me oh there's only a spot on the wing and if you want to play you can only yeah, play yeah, on yeah. the wing so I was like yeah, sweet. Like I'll take the chance to play on the wing, and then yeah, lucky enough, I, you know, I managed to play myself into the team, keep myself there. Mm. You know, the easy part is getting in; it's just staying just in. Stay in. The yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so I stayed in there, and then that's what led the journey to Auckland. So then I got selected for Auckland from Auckland, and then I went from winger to playing halfback, and so then so my first game in 2018 at halfback was when I was playing for Auckland. So. It was a t- tough transition, but mm. you know, I think everything that had led into that moment kind of built me and built. made me stronger and mm. made me more aware, more self aware. I definitely took a lot of self awareness from yeah, yeah. from that experience. Um, but being like, you know, being true to myself—that's
0: important you know, thing, eh? Not cutting my hair. Mm. I
1: think if I cut my hair, I probably would still be playing seventh.
0: Yeah, like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, that'd be the, that's the reality of the decision I made like, because I didn't cut my hair.
0: Mm. But the minor, I guess, the minor effect of just, just you know, falling of doing what you, you know, you want to do. Yeah. What you believe, yeah.
1: 100%.
0: What's this, because uh, a, a lot of things I would like to do and focus on authentic podcasts is, you know, talking about our strengths and weaknesses. I guess for you yourself, um, what do you believe is New Zealand's greatest strength or greatest weakness?
1: I've read this one, eh? Hey. Yeah. I've, I've seen a few of the answers on the podcast. Um. What is New Zealand's greatest strength? Mm. Just I think being in away, being away in America for the last three years, it's made me realise that New Zealand, there's probably a, a lot more unity, and you know we're we're a lot more diverse, uh, but a lot more understanding of each other. Mm. Um, yeah, just. Yeah, I think we're just real diverse, and uh, I think our biggest strengths are that we're accepting of other people's cultures and you know respectful. Mm -hmm. And you know, for a little country, we you know we make some massive impacts in the world. So yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. What about our greatest weakness?
1: Greatest weakness. What would New Zealand's greatest weakness be?
0: Gas prices. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that's definitely one. But I think just, I don't know, hey, like I think just. I think we're, we're, as much as we are diverse and multicultural in that, I think we we probably tear each other down more mm. than we bring each other up. Like that? Huh? Like, I feel as though, like, strangers from around the world, this is just from my personal mm-hmm. experience, like, there'd be strangers around the world messaging me on Instagram and, you know, saying, oh, man, I'll, thanks for this video. It's encouraging to, you know... You inspire me to do this and that. But you know, here it's like, you know, yeah, I've I've been guilty of it. Like at times, like, I wouldn't give yeah, credit. I wouldn't give. What is it like when they say you you got to give flowers? We, we tend to give our flowers when people are passed on. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, but you know, why not give them their flowers while they're still alive? Yeah. And I feel like we don't do enough of that. Mm. And you've heard like guys like Israel, Adisana like talk about it constantly. Like about yeah. the tall poppy syndrome mm. here in New Zealand and you know I've seen it like I've seen heaps of that like um, yeah I think I think we're you know we're we're almost like our worst enemy ourselves mm. like you know. but I guess it's the way we're cultured and the upbringing just
0: the way it's been been here around culturalizing the communities for a while like yeah mm. I think I th- you know, I I like the point you brought up, you know, like, just about, I guess maybe quick, quick to find fault in others, you know, than to find, than to find, um, you know, success or I guess, um, yeah, because I I feel like, you know, it's easy for us sometimes, I've noticed like we can find fault really fast instead of finding things that we're good at or things that we can improve on, you know.
1: Yeah, but I I feel (laughs) like sometimes I'm still at fault, some of that, like, I'm not perfect, I'm. I, I, I'm always like bro this guy's rude like, you know but then you know you, I feel like when you're in America bro like some those people like we think sometimes like oh man those guys are over the top but the yeah, yeah. they like they are 100% they root for you they back you and that's one thing I've learned. like I've learned like gotta give your gotta give credit where it's due mm. and and gotta make sure that that whoever you're giving it to they know that it's genuine and it's yeah. coming from a
0: from place of love, place of love, yeah, yeah. like
1: you know, I. That's why I feel like with my little siblings, I'm trying my best to be better, so that they can take their confidence and whatever mm. they decide to do in life, so that you know when they're in the moment, when they've achieved or their you know their goals and dreams, yeah. that they pass it on to others. Uh, and I feel like, you know, my um, I think growing up, like I ne- I don't have role models, like it's. Sad to say, but you know my yeah, yeah. my role models, my mum and dad. You know, um, you know what. Well, growing up, they would wake up like early hours of the morning, go to mm. work. So me and my siblings, we woke up and we had to walk next door to my auntie's to get ready for school, and that was all I ever knew. So when I was like, and, you know, and they would come back when it's done. Yeah, yeah. But I thought that was normal. I thought everyone's families like mm. have the, you know, early morning. Early wake ups, morning, wake up, come back late. Come you back know. late, and then you know at some Thursday and Friday nights, my mom would work till nine o'clock, every, like from seven till nine. So then I, remember as a kid, we'd always go, mm. wait for my old man to come home, jump in the van, mm. go all the way to the city Same. to sit there for an hour and wait for my mom to come out. Sure. And we did that right up until I think I was old enough to like go and hang out with my boys, mm. intermediate. And then that's when I kind of like, once I got to intermediate and I started hanging out with older boys and seeing what they were doing, I followed them. Like I was just like I don't have brothers growing up, mm-hmm. so these are my brothers and whatever they did I followed. And you know, it was it was just one of those things, like growing up here.
0: Just one of the things they don't really realise until later on in life, eh? Hey, like understand. look back and like dang like looking back now, the I guess the gratitude you have for those before you, you know?
1: And it, and that's why <laughs> it's, it's so important to me now, especially now, like I have younger siblings. I just want like, and I know that if I had an, like older siblings, I would have definitely followed them. <laughs> definitely follow them in the footsteps and stuff. Yeah. So like me now, it's like I'm trying to live my life the way I would want my younger siblings to live, or even better. Because mm. you know what I've learned and all my mistakes I've made. and you know, I don't want. I wouldn't want them to them all go to free. go through the same thing. Yeah, and even my children as well. Mm. So you know, I hope to set the example that you know, I'm not perfect, but Mm. I hope that whatever I leave here, you know, they can take something out of of what I've left behind and, you know, and run with it. Uh, But my whole life's been of me just picking and choosing, like, groups and mm -hmm. this group, that group, and, you know, until I really felt comfortable with myself and be like, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. and This is what I'm about.
0: Mean, bro. 100%. I feel like... All of us can really, I guess, all of us really, especially if you have younger siblings, or I guess you know you are younger sibling or you are the oldest. I think at the time it can be kind of a, you know, I guess a very not well how to say it. <clears throat> I guess times we, we just feel like if we are the if we are in that older category, the older brother, the older sibling, you know, we we tend to think that we want to do the best that we can, you know, just to or we try to do the best we can, even if we do make mistakes we hope that one day that they can not make the same mistakes or we give them the best pathway, I guess, you know, yeah. to follow, like, if they see what we do, we ha- we get the experience and that knowledge, what we went through, and we pass that down to them so that they can build for themselves. You know, that saying, um, I'm a wiser man learns from others' mistakes, you know, instead of a wise man learns from his mistakes. So, like, I, that's that whole type of, you know, that parable, that, that saying, you know, that hopefully we can entrust them in the future to or the next generation as well, you know, to hopefully make those different decisions and learn from people from the past. Yeah. Yes, moving on to our last question, bro. what does authentic mean to you? What does authentic mean to
1: me? I think the obvious one would be just being yourself, right? And, um, yeah, I think, I think for for so many years I struggled with that, eh? Like, Mm. Um, Being myself Being You know like um, Like I said earlier You know growing up I didn't really have role models Or didn't really Didn't really know what to follow So whatever I guess growing up Whatever was cool at the time I'd follow So You know I went through all those phases Like Mm. um, You know trying to be a gangster uh, Smoking Like What else Like dancing, the dancing phase, you know, I thought that, you know, I love dancing, and, you know, that came about from me just seeing other dancers dance around mm-hmm. me, so I thought I'd follow them, then rugby, um, you know, I definitely was someone who followed what was trending, I guess, yeah, yeah. and, you know, and I look back now and I was probably more of a follower and not just being myself, mm. being, being true to myself, and, um, you know, it wasn't, I think like yeah, just trying to, like I think it took it took me a while to like actually be comfortable with my own You are yeah, with who I am, like yeah, yeah. I kinda always you know, I always kinda got mocked like bro mm. this guy goes with the dances and then he comes and hangs out <laughs> us, bro, this guy's a rude dude. But like at the time, I just kind of like, I always brushed it off. Like, you yeah, know, yeah, people yeah. Would, like tease me, mock me, I just brush it off. But then, you know, I brush it off, but I was always low key embarrassed. Like, I was always like, Fuck, these guys are like mocking me. Mm. Like, I remember going to dance practices and like, everyone be like, bro, you coming to rugby or what? But I'll be like too scared to tell them, oh, man, I'm, dance. I'm, I'm at Bring It On. And like, you know, I remember I did Bring It On for a bit. And then when everyone teased me about it, I stopped doing Bring It On. But that was what I enjoyed. Like, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. the whole. Dancing and all of that, and then I let so many things, so many opportunities for me to grow as a as a kid or as a teenager, because I let other people's opinions of what I was doing like mm. affect me, and yeah, it was like,
0: phew. would you would you say like there was more on um the people around you or more on like yourself for just doing what you want to do?
1: I think just like
0: because I feel like it can be both sometimes. Yeah, you know? like you know, like you know, just. I,
1: like, I think it was just like, I just didn't, like, it, like when I, in all honesty, I just think I was like, I doubted myself so much that whatever I thought I was good at, I, I was relying on people's opinions and, um, to see and if confirmation, you're good at like, like um, oh, bro, if this guy says I'm the man, then yeah. this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bro, you're a mean dancer. Oh, yeah, sweet, I'm going to do dancing. Mm-mm. And then it's not until someone else comes going, bro, you can't even dance, why are you wasting your time? i am like... <laughs> oh, yeah, I probably am wasting my time, (laughs) so maybe I'll go do rugby. And then I did rugby, and I wasn't that great at rugby. Yeah, I'm probably not even that great now, but when, like, I was doing all these things growing up, like, I legit didn't have my own sense of identity and Mm. sort of wasn't authentic, wasn't being me, because I've heard so many people say, that's not you, stop being Eats. Like, you know, and it wasn't until you, you go through all of that experience and until you... Understand, like, flip. You know what? At the end of the day, when you at the end of the day, like, those opinions don't matter, like, mm,
0: 100%. I think,
1: like, just being able to
0: just matters in what, what you want to do, what you love doing,
1: yeah. Like, because I, I, I reckon I've had I built a skin that. Whatever anyone said about me, I was strong enough to like let it bounce. Mm. Like I was like, flip, man, you know what?" So like even now, like with my socials, I and mean, you see my socials, I'm quite like I do whatever because I hope that with my socials, you know, regardless of how many followers you have or how many views you get, you know, sometimes what brings me more joy is just the one message mm. of someone saying, flip, man, thanks <coughs> for that. I needed that." And and that's why I do it. Like you know, I you no know, I do it because I know that what I know, not many people know. So then mm. my way to show it is through socials, and and that's just the way life is now. Like people are so connected to their phones, oh. so connected to Instagram, TikTok, whatever. Mm. You know, and you know I, I find like, you know, yeah, you, you you love the views, you love you know this and that, but you know if you're doing something and you're genuine about it. You know, you're always gonna touch and find those ones, those gems that are like um, sitting in their room, thinking about life decisions and thinking about, you know, some tough decisions that they're gonna make. And then you post something, and and I feel like that's why I connected with your one because I was like, "Flip, man!" There was a post you did, and I think it talked about like, I think it was the Bob Marley song in the background, um, the Black Panther. Oh yeah, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a quote. I think, yeah, yeah. it oh, was. Right.
0: um, what you call? Sorry, it's like, if we can never reach perfection, but if we, um, if we are consistent, we can achieve excellence.
1: Yeah, and I, I like hundred believe, hundred percent believe that. Eh? Like, I think I showed my my little ones in that, because it's so true. Like, if you mm. can't reach it, just strive for excellence. Mm.
0: It's that, um, shoot for the, yeah, shoot for the moon. But if you miss, you know, you'll hit a star. You yeah, know, like, like this,
1: yeah. Like it's much like. People are like, bro, those are cheesy, like, but that's life, like, like you are <coughs> like that's why I love that stuff. Eh? Like mm. it encourages me it makes me wanna be better. And it like, you know, when we talk about like gas, like you gotta put gas in the car, right? Uh, and and those sort of you know, those little fifteen second reels, 10 second reels, that's your gas for the gives day. Gives you the gas for the day. Gives you the gas for the day mm. so that you can go and go about your day. And if you need a refuel you just jump back on your phone and find another one, and, mm. and you know a lot of people be like, no, nah, that's just all fluffy stuff." But yeah, yeah. you know, but then, your brain, yeah. whatever your brain reads, your brain's gonna mm-hmm. make that body move, like.
0: Uh, in, re- in reality, like if that's your fuel, bro, you know. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Use it.
1: Yeah. You top that fuel up with your why, and why you do, why facts, you facts, facts, and why you get out of bed, mm. and why you do what you do every day. In the day bro no one's telling you to go to work God. no one's telling you to do whatever you you do what you do, like you know you know, uh we our lives are based on the choices we make and the consequences we you know have so being authentic just it could be anything, but I think for me it's just being comfortable in your own skin and being comfortable being you, not worrying about what others think about you. Mm. You know, and not following the cool crowd, eh? Like, bro, I, I, th- I think if I didn't follow the cool crowd, like, you know when they say don't, don't have regrets? Man, I've got the most regrets. But I know those regrets are just learnings. Learning experiences. Learnings, Learn experience. Learning experiences. And, you know, I like 100%, if I had a time machine and I could go back, I would change so much of my life from what I know now. And I just, I just think, like... Now the way I'm trying to live my life Is mm. trying to like Make up for those years Like you know I've I've bumped into people that You know I haven't seen in years And you know The first thing they say Oh fuck man You've done well with yourself But that, like In a way it's a good thing yeah, But then yeah. in a way it's like Fuck <laughs> Sad man But yeah I've done alright <laughs> I'm still alive I'm not in prison But I'm still alive
0: There you go There you go um, Bro but we're grateful for For you joining us On the podcast Bro on the show uh, grateful for you know your example, and also I guess your your platform and how you inspire others as well. And I think that's the biggest reason why you know we you know really enjoyed and also having you on the show, but also when we reached out because you know a lot of your content and then also the success that you've had is really an inspiration to not only our, our platform but also to the community. You know, I guess, and it's so inspiring to help you know the younger generation understand those things, especially with all the things that you share just to help them you know, become, I guess, what they can become to be able to reach for their goals, you know, especially for, you know, future generations and whatever it is, like whoever listens to this podcast, 100% know they're going to listen to us and they're going to take a lot of good things down from you, bro. So we appreciate you being here with us, bro.
1: Nah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you giving up the time to, you know, listen to me have a few yarns, but, you know, I guess for anyone listening, I think just make sure that if you have a goal, chase it, you know, if you don't, Find one and do what you, you know, find what you love and do it. Um, Don't let anyone tell you that it's not for you because at the end of the day only you will know you and no one else can tell you what to do. You just got to just chase those dreams, whether it's against the status quo or with what everyone's doing, you know, just be you, be authentic and yeah. No, once again, thanks, Us, uh, and I love your work, man. Like, appreciate you know, it. Mad respect to you. Um, and, you know, I've really enjoyed watching your podcast over the last couple of months. And um, you know, no doubt, you know, you're gonna blow up. And you know, knowing Cross that your you're doing doing all the mahi in here, <laughs> you know, it'll pay off when one day when you get that studio. So, I uh, appreciate you, and, and especially the work you do of the church, YSA and the youth. You know, um, you know, if people don't know this guy putting in putting in some hours and work with the kids of our generation. So you know, no doubt they're grateful to have you as well. So, Appreciate,
0: thanks, it. Also. appreciate it. Also appreciate it. Guys, we'll make sure they will put Danny's um, platforms down below, on the description below. So you guys can go check him out, check out his content um, and follow him on socials, bro. He does a lot of good stuff for the community and also for himself, achieving his goals and dreams um, as well. Guys, we're, again, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. So go ahead, um, check out our socials, check it out. Um, go ahead and follow like subscribe and comment down below and yeah well, hopefully you guys can you know tune in for this episode and if you haven't already you know tune in for the ones to come but until then we'll see you guys till next time all right